right, we're loaded up today, and man, what a show we have. 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, Another huge drop by James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, and they actually got a video of reporter Amy Robach, and she was on mic, on camera, talking to a producer, and obviously really annoyed that she had the story of Jeffrey Epstein for three years locked down tight and that it was spiked by ABC. I mean, the whole thing. We had the whole allegation about Prince Andrew. We had Clinton. We had everything. Uh, I got a little concerned about why I couldn't get on. She describes the interview with the woman who had the courage to come forward. Uh, She says she had pictures, had everything she was had been hiding for 12 years and then they convinced her to do the interview. And, you know, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that was there. This is a stupid story. Well, now she's having to backtrack a little bit. I'm sure pressure from within ABC. You know, ABC puts out a stupid statement. We did not do not meet our standards. Oh, OK. Yeah. As if they have standards. They have any standards with Donald Trump? No. Any standards? You've got Mr. War Room, George. Uh, uh, Stephanopoulos himself, Clinton sycophant, you know, running running your news division. It's just pathetic. But that's that that is the media mob as we now know it today. Um, we've got Greg Jarrett, Peter Schweitzer, and John Solomon with the new huge breaking development as it relates to Ukraine. They're slowly releasing some of the transcripts that have gone on behind closed doors. But let me just warn you. Because I've been warned repeatedly by my sources, yeah, they are selectively cherry picking the transcripts, only the few that they think work on their behalf. By the way, we don't even need transcripts Uh, or I'm sorry, we don't uh, we don't we need just read the transcript. I love the people wearing those shirts behind Trump last night. It was hilarious. But anyway, you got Jim Jordan now out there saying, no, Adam Schiff, the compromised corrupt, coward, congenital liar that he is. He's been lying to this country for three years. He's now cherry picking the secret Soviet Union impeachment coup attempt interviews. He's only he's only cherry picking those that he thinks make a case to the public. But the reality is the transcripts of the people they're interviewing are fairly meaningless because we have the transcript. Read the transcript. When you read the transcript, There was no quid pro quo, none whatsoever. When you read the transcript, I hear a president of the United States after we've been told for three years that foreign election interference is bad. He's trying to get to the bottom of foreign election interference in 2016. Ukrainian court said that, yeah, they were guilty of of trying to influence the outcome of America's presidential election on behalf of Hillary Clinton. We've also established that a DNC operative went colluded with Ukrainians in the Ukrainian embassy in D.C. And in fact, if you look at Politico, January 11, 2017, yep, they were successful. That's when they were digging up dirt, Paul Manafort and others. Anyway, you know, the, the way the media would tell it is Schiff's decision to release some of the transcripts of the Soviet style secret impeachment testimony, which is really an impeachment coup attempt, uh, has taken so far. Look, what, why all of a sudden don't we hear from the whistleblower? Why? We're, whatever happened to the whistleblower? Whistleblower 
Well, number one, it's not really a whistleblower. You know, the whistleblower statute, you just can't have, it, it protects people from retribution or reprisal. It doesn't protect, it doesn't guarantee anonymity. If you look at the Whistleblower Protection Act, two conditions have to be met. The complaint must involve intelligence activity. The alleged abuse must involve someone in the intelligence community. Neither condition was met. And that means the so-called whistleblower is not a whistleblower at all. Wouldn't qualify, in my opinion, Greg Jarrett's opinion, too. You know, he is not entitled to identity protection. This is outrageous. Rand Paul has asked that the whistleblower come testify. Yeah, come testify. And while you're testifying, we need to know the contacts you had with the compromised, corrupt, coward, and congenital liar, Adam Schiff's office. That makes him a fact witness in the case. And if we're going to take it to its proper point, well, that means that not only should the whistleblower be subpoenaed, and have to go before Congress in an open-door session, well, that would also mean that uh, Adam Schiff has to raise his right hand. And that would also mean that Hunter Biden has to raise his right hand. And Joe Biden, we can get a lot of people. I don't know why Republicans, and I'm going to start pushing this. Okay, let's release the transcripts. Joe Biden talking to anybody from Ukraine in the time period that this is all relevant. I'd like those transcripts released. We have transcripts. Release the transcripts. They wanted the transcript from Trump. They got it. I think it's a bad precedent, but now that they open the door, fine. And when Putin was promised uh, by Barack Obama, tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. Okay, let's look after the election. What did more flexibility mean? Maybe we'll learn a lot if we release those transcripts. And maybe we'll learn a lot if we release the transcripts of any contact any conversation that Joe 30330 or Obama had with the Iranian mullahs before they dumped $150 billion in cash and other currency on their tarmac. What a dumb idea that was. But, you know, the whistleblower needs to be put under oath. You know, this hiding the whistleblower's identity is a crock. That's not guaranteed under the whistleblower statute. I don't care what the lawyer lawyer can threaten all he wants. I don't see this as a real whistleblower. It's a hearsay whistleblower, secondhand whistleblower. If anything, it sounds closer like a leaker to me than anything else. You know what we're supposed to believe? Well, somebody told me something really bad happened. Okay. And then everybody's interpretation of the call, 30 people on the call. Most of the people on the call are saying they didn't hear anything that was inappropriate. You read the transcript, Donald Trump He has a sworn duty and oath to faithfully execute the laws. He's investigating, yes, Ukrainian election interference, which we know happened. And yes, uh, it would be, and we've identified specific crimes that Joe Biden may have uh, committed. Where's that investigation? The attorney general can open that up tomorrow. You know, for House Democrats cherry picking the transcripts now, they're trying to build a public case. And remember, There are no rules of fairness, none of it. And this whole thing has been rigged with these phony rules to appear like they did what Newt Gingrich did, and they did none of it. And it's designed, and it's been rigged to shut Republicans out. Betsy McCoy writing in uh, the New York Post today, 
House Speaker Pelosi insists impeachment procedures adopted last Thursday are the fairest possible. She writes, don't believe it. In truth, the provision slyly added at the last minute is all but certain to deprive President Trump of the ability to defend himself, which, by the way, frankly, gives the U.S. Senate the right and, frankly, the obligation and duty to send a strong message to their House colleagues about how due process ought to work and that they're not they're going to rebuke the whole process. It's corrupt being run by a compromised leader, the cowardly Schiff himself, the, the congenital liar. You know, one side propaganda circus is what this is. That's what Betsy McCoy writes. And you got the ringmaster being, yeah, the compromised, corrupt, coward, congenital liar Schiff. Democrats are boasting about the impeachment inquiry protections offered to Trump, claiming that the same rules uh, devised for Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton. That is a bald faced lie. They are lying. Look at Section F quietly devised by Jerry Nadler. It stipulates that unless the president surrenders executive privilege, a power even the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled is vital to the office of the presidency. He and his lawyers will be denied any ability to call or question witnesses. Oh, okay. Let's take away the president's rights under the Constitution in the process. And their Section F was triggered on Monday when four White House officials refused to show up for this witch hunt. And they rightly claimed executive privilege. And the president should have a right to have it like every other president had it. And Schiff immediately called these four officials firsthand witnesses of serious misconduct. He's rushing to judgment, has been rushing to judgment the whole time. It's all rigged. It's all phony. Now, we do have a lot of stuff as it relates to Ukraine that should be investigated once again. Well, first of all, this is now and I'll go through the data at some point this hour. It's blowing up in the Democrats face as we predicted, and it's only going to get worse because the rush uh, impeachment inquiry is you want to call if you want to call it that the Soviet style secret impeachment uh, coup attempt. Yeah, it's getting slowed down by judges saying, no, I'll hear arguments December 10th. Uh oh, what are they going to do now? Now the American people get to scrutinize this. I mean, we saw it on Meet the Press. I played it yesterday. Uh, yeah, we're sick of your crap. Lawrence Jones did a, a, an MOS for us last night on Hannity. Same thing. Now, John Solomon came out with a huge blockbuster report last night. Now, we know the whole story about Hunter Biden. We know that we got Joe Daddy on tape bragging that you really want a quid pro quo. We got one quid pro quo, Joe, because Joe Biden's on tape bragging that you got six hours. You fire that prosecutor, you'll get the billion dollars. You don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars quid and a pro and a quo from Joe. Then you got his son. No, why did why would a you vice president of the United States? Why would he ever want a Ukrainian prosecutor fired? Oh, we figured out that reason, too. And the worst interview a 49 year old man ever gave that I've seen in my life. Have any experience in Ukraine? No oil, no gas, no. Wow. Any experience at all? I, I was I sat on a board at Amtrak once 
Eh, that doesn't count. How'd you get that position? Uh, you got paid millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, why do you think that they did this? I don't know. Do you think maybe it's because your dad is the second highest ranking public official in the United States, the vice president? Yeah, probably. That's it. I think that one's it. Anyway, Solomon is pointing out Hunter was peddling his influence because we now have uh, access, thanks to a Freedom of Information Act request by John Solomon, to damning new documents that show how Hunter's company, Burisma Holdings, used the vice president's son to try and win special favor from the Obama administration. Oh, so they did get something for their money. They bought access. All right, Freedom of Information Act Discovery, John Solomon. Yeah, Burisma Holdings. Yeah, they did use Hunter Biden to try and win special favor from the Obama administration. In February 2016, just one month before the vice president leveraged our billion dollars in a shakedown quid pro quo Joe uh, to force the prosecutor to force Ukraine to fire the prosecutor investigating his son and Burisma Holdings uh, with zero experience. A representative for the company was communicating with the Obama State Department, we find out. These newly unearthed emails, courtesy of this Freedom of Information Act request to Solomon, who will join us at the top of the hour. The rep was lobbying the Obama administration to end corruption allegations against the company, even noting, quote, two high profile U.S. citizens are affiliated with their company, including Hunter Biden as a board member. One month later, then Vice President Biden, remember, he was tipped off. They were investigating his son by The New York Times. He tells the country of Ukraine, fire the prosecutor in six hours or you won't get your billion. You fire him, you get it. You don't fire him in six hours. I'm leaving in six hours. You don't believe me? Call Obama. Wow. Braggy. Well, that would be called in my world the shakedown where I grew up, you know, and then calling the compromised, corrupt, coward, congenital liar, Adam Schiff. Um, hey, uh, Adam, where's the investigation into the real quid pro quo and Joe on tape? Just like he can't interview himself. Why? Because he's compromised because his office was in contact with the whistleblower. Apparently the whistleblower, non-whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower also was supporting Joe Biden. And, it, you know, you go through all this. It stinks to high heaven. Everything they feign moral outrage about Trump. They themselves are guilty of. You just replace the name Joe Biden with Donald Vice President Donald Trump, Hunter Biden with the name Don Jr. You think the mob and the media might be reacting a little bit differently? Yeah, I think that question answers itself. All right, we'll have a lot more on the other side than Peter Schweitzer, Greg Jarrett, uh, John Solomon, and James O'Keefe. Brand new tape today, straight ahead. All right, glad you're with us. 25 till the top of the hour. In a second, I'm going to respond to the mob and the media and their breathless hysteria and obsession with me. It's amazing. It's it's actually funny. You know, Linda's like, uh, turn on fake news, CNN. I'm all over the, the screen. You know what I think it is? And they've done this how many times? Sean Hannity was uh, the third client of Michael Cohen. No, I wasn't. Never. No case. Ever. No third party, no billing, no retainer, no payment. Not, never my lawyer. Never worked on a case. 
And 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 Michael called me that I didn't apologize. I said, uh, "You got enough problems. I accept your apology." I have no idea where it came from. It's ridiculous, but they have to. Oh, Sean Henry. Uh, 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 uh. But I think may, maybe it's because they get no ratings over there at fake news CNN. And maybe they think, okay, if people are flipping around the dial and they see Hannity, maybe they'll stay and think it's Fox. I'm beginning to think that they need to start paying me. Don't you think Linda? I think they should pay me. I think they're just jealous, you know, cause you're all ninja up now that, you know, oh, yeah, that's what it is. They're, you know, they're, they're people aren't going to stay tuned for Humpty Dumpty, you know, but you know, if they put a little Hannity up there, Little ninja itis, you know what I mean? You know, it's so funny because uh, what's that name? Fake news Acosta. I, you know how you remembered it because I didn't remember it. It was so funny because you have fake news Acosta. You know, Sean Hannity didn't say it to my face. I'm like, we were on a bus together in Helsinki. Was that where it was? Helsinki. But see, the point the, the point of that story is why not didn't he really come that. up to me then? The point of the story is that you and other people on the bus don't remember it. Not only did he remember it, but he archived it. For life in a book and talked about it in a book. But nobody bought the book. You know, Humpty Dumpty's writing a book on Fox. But what do you, you know, I'm like, why don't you guys like focus on maybe getting your crappy ratings up? I, I, I wouldn't survive if my ratings ever sunk that low. I wouldn't have a job. And thanks to everybody on this program that keeps us on radio and TV because your listenership, viewership means the world and allows me to do this job every day. Thank you. No, seriously. By the way, I, this story, I'm, I'm just heartbroken. You have six kids, three women living in a community of U.S. citizens in Mexico shot to death Monday. Several others kidnapped after their convoy comes under fire in a brazen Daylight ambush believed to have been carried out by gunmen affiliated with organized crime in Mexico. And those attacked were members of the LeBaron family, well-known American clan who lived in the fundamentalist community, I think LDS, in the northern part of the country for decades, according to the New York Times. And Kenny LeBaron is a cousin to several of the victims, told the Times he feared the death toll would increase Uh, When you know there are babies tied in a car seat that are burning because of some twisted evil that's in this world, it's hard to cope. Yeah, it is hard to cope with that. What I'm not, what I'm trying to understand, I guess they had dual citizenship. Why were they living in in Mexico? You know, maybe it was just a choice. But anyway, it's a decades old settlement in Sonora uh, and founded in part as an offshoot of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they were missing after the attack on the convoy of three SUVs. Ugh. President tweeted out their monsters who perpetrated this act. Wonderful family, friends, Utah got caught between two vicious drug cartels shooting at each other with the result being many great Americans were killed. Young kids killed. Still many missing. If Mexico needs or. Uh, or request help in cleaning out these monsters. We stand ready, the president said, willing and able to get involved and do the job quickly and effectively. The president of Mexico has, has made this a big issue, but the cartels have become so large and powerful. You know, I, I've actually met people from countries like El Salvador, and there are certain parts of the country that it is run, it is lawless, run by gangs, run by cartels. I mean, and they'll kill you for for 50 cents. 
It's unbelievable. Um, anyway, our prayers go out to this family, and I hope we get to the bottom of this. Uh, so sad. Broke my heart today. Um, all right, let's play the mob yesterday going off about yours truly. <laughs> it basically, it's actually funny. They're actually accusing me of being part of a shadow foreign policy with Mike Pompeo. Listen to this. Now then tonight we can also report on new testimony about the intersection of this shadow foreign policy plot and the president's shadow communications arm. Because a Fox News anchor who shared a lawyer with the president, whose name arose in the Mueller probe, is back. In the new transcript out tonight, this ambassador details how Sean Hannity's attacks on her and his alleged support of aspects of the Ukraine plot made it to the highest levels of the State Department, where some officials called Hannity seeking any evidence to support basically these red-hot allegations against her. The testimony stating that these officials asked basically to Fox News, hey, what's going on? Do you have any proof of these kinds of allegations or not? And if you have proof, you know, tell me. And if not, stop. Impeachment investigators are probing the theory that this was part of the shadow foreign policy to hijack diplomacy for Trump's reelection. Every single thing that came out of this transcript that we did not know before was alarming and disturbing and not normal. And it goes beyond, well beyond just that July 25th phone call. This shadow government, this shadow foreign policy between Rudy Giuliani and what Sean Hannity knew and what Mike Pompeo knew and maybe looked the other way and did not acknowledge is something that does not happen in the United States. And you've had countless number of diplomats who have served for decades say that this is not normal. And, and that's and this is not normal is the thing we heard from McKinley. He resigned because he saw the State Department being misused as a, a part of a political mission to benefit the president. We saw Sean Hannity, you know, Fox News opinion host, being effectively treated as White House communications director, giving talking points to the administration and also somebody who principals would call to find out what was really going on behind the scenes. That's a sign of bizarro world, folks. That's the tail wagging the dog. That at one point, um, the secretary of state says that he will call Sean Hannity to try to find out what the deal is with this whisper campaign of, of slander that is being directed at her to get her removed. In addition, he was trying to run this shadow foreign policy using people like Rudy Giuliani and people outside the government to try to pressure Ukraine to launch these bogus investigations. One of those folks that got caught up uh, may have been Sean Hannity, and it is quite disturbing that his name would even be involved in any of this. I don't even know where to begin. All right, let, let me let me just put this to rest. I did on TV. I'll do it again here. I don't know anything about this woman. We went back in our transcripts. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, Joe DeGeneva once brought it up that she has some questions she should answer. Mark Levin, same thing. So Obama holdover. You know, it's, it, this wasn't the president's choice to be, I guess, what was she was Ukrainian ambassador. It was one story that, that and I, I asked one question about this woman ever that we could find. And it was, uh, is there any truth that they were monitoring, I guess, our social media or something? And I think I maybe I think I asked it a Solomon and uh, I don't know anything about this woman. I have some shadow government foreign policy. I never got a call from Mike Pompeo or anybody else at the State Department. So let's have a little walk down well, memory well, lane. Well, let me just say one other thing. Wait, I, wanna, I, don't no, think I, wanna... I've ever, I don't think I've ever spoken in my whole life to anybody from Ukraine. Not one, not one person. I know my staff called over for an interview with the prosecutor that was fired because, by Joe. And I don't, you know, we, you know, it seemed promising for a minute. I know it just dropped, but... 
I'm accused of like making an allegations. No allegations were made. None. It's unbelievable. I know I don't even know this woman. I don't know anything about this woman, except she was a holdover. Never talked to Pompeo. Never talked to anybody else that works at state about Ukraine. The only my only thing I cared about with Ukraine was Hunter and Joe. Joe and possible laws he violated. Um uh, me running a secret, you know, what do they say? A secret foreign policy something? What what the hell are these? It's it's these are lies, a, a conspiracy theory, slander for crying out loud. This is slander. Anyway, go ahead. So no, what I was going to say on, on Hannity back in March, we put up we actually did two articles like this. We reminded the audience, you know, and any liberals who are who are willing to read Hannity.com and learn something. ABC senior correspondent Claire Shipman married to a White House press secretary. CNN president Virginia Mosley married to Hillary Clinton's deputy secretary. CBS president David Rhodes married to uh, Ben Rhodes from the Obama administration. ABC president Ben Sherwood uh, sister is Elizabeth Sherwood, Obama special advisor. So if we're going to talk about shadow governments and the mainstream media, it's it's a far climb. Do you know what I'm saying? I got a kick out of it, to be honest. And honest, I think they like to run these stories like Cohn was never my attorney. He never was. And he called and apologized. I accepted the guy's apology. He had enough. Look, the guy's, you know, look what he was dealing with. I said, all right, I understand. You didn't mean, your lawyer didn't mean it. Well, I don't know where the hell it came from, but, you know, whatever. Um, and they still just reported as that as if that was true. We corrected the record. Listen, I'm going to tell you what matters in this. You know, these mob, these crazy mob people in the media and they're they are a mob with a mob mentality. You know, they don't want to get into Joe Biden, his real quid pro quo or that his inexperienced son is making millions and millions and millions with no experience. They don't want to deal with that. You know. The Corrupt Practices Act, 15 U.S.C. 78, says it's illegal for any U.S. person to coerce or influence through bribery or extortion a foreign national into taking an action that might financially benefit that person, his family or business. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, that would be bad. 18 U.S.C. 201, bribery. Whoever corruptly gives, offers, promises anything of value to a public official to influence an official act is guilty of bribery. Oopsie daisy, you know, or, the you know, the Gratuities Act, giving, offering, promising anything of value to a public official in exchange for any official act. Uh oh, Joe should be in trouble. I'm reading this as clear as day. The Hobbs Act, a threat to a foreign official in order to obtain an official benefit affecting interstate or foreign commerce would constitute extortion. They don't want to deal with any of this. But I'm going to tell you what's happening. I see polls out now every day. You know, John Zogby's picked up. John Zogby has picked up that minorities are now moving to Donald J. Trump. And he's making solid inroads with new voters. These are his words who feel good about the economy, including those in urban areas and the poor, traditionally part of the Democratic base. An interesting area where Trump has caught steam is among economically vulnerable groups. We categorize these groups, uh, categorize these groups as a lost job, 
At a job that pays less, afraid of losing a job, gone without food for 24 hours. Another factor factor helping the president is there's very weak enthusiasm for any of the Democrats. Zogby's been nailing this. You know, the t- I, I'm just telling NBC couldn't show any anti-Trump voters in Florida. They couldn't find them. Um, I mean, that's bad. Look, there's a red state article today. The number of Democrats showing up at Trump rallies is stunning. It was a, a poll out yesterday. Ten percent of Democrats now are considering voting for Trump. If Trump's numbers doubled in support with African-Americans, Hispanic Americans, uh, Asian Americans, women in the workplace because of the good job he's doing, they're done. It would be a landslide. The Trump economy remains strong. Oh, that's bad news for Democrats. Oh, terrible news for Democrats. Now the president, I love what he did yesterday for our military guys. You know, what, what are the Democrats? Chuck Schumer saying we're going to have only electric cars by 2040. Uh, there was an interview of uh, the guy Perez, the uh, DNC chairman on Univision. Anyway, the question is, well, the president's achieved something important, especially for Latinos, which is to reduce the unemployment rate to historic lows. How can the Democrats compete with a president that has been beneficial to Latinos on economic matters? His answer, the economic situation in the U.S. is excellent for wealthy people like Trump, but the economic situation is bad for our community. Well, Biden, Obama put 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. And I'm telling you, this impeachment agenda is backfiring and it's going to blow up in their face. And I'm telling you right now, you watch. This is not going to work out the way they wanted. And we're still awaiting the IG report. Yeah, that's coming, too. That's not going to be good for them either. And you go to this whole Ukraine issue. What do you see? The only corruption that should be investigated is sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe for the very crimes I just mentioned. The poll out 59% say Trump's interactions with Ukraine neither illegal nor wrong. By the way, the only people, quid pro quo Joe is the only one that needs to be investigated. All the t shirts last night at the president's rally in Kentucky. Read the transcript. Schiff, Trump betrayed America. He's compromised, he's corrupt. He is a coward and a congenital liar. By the way, there's a piece in the New York Times how Pelosi shouldn't be president. And involved in this case at all, because if they impeach Trump and Pence, she'd be next in line. Oh, God help us. But they don't want to talk about anything. And then, oh, there's another poll. Majority of Americans think Hunter Biden showed at least bad judgment and they want it investigated. And the idea of Rand Paul is being torched by the media, it's disgusting that he wants the whistleblower interviewed. Yeah, I also want Joe Biden under oath, Adam Schiff under oath, Hunter Biden under oath, and the non-whistleblower under oath. Yeah, you bet. That's what they would do if it was Donald Trump. That's what they'd do if it was Donald Trump Jr. President Trump has great courage. He faces down the fake media every day. But Congress needs to step up and have equal courage to defend the president. Hunter Biden made $50,000 a month. That's the definition of corruption. We know he got it only because of his family connections. We also now know the name of the whistleblower. 
The whistleblower needs to come before Congress as a material witness because he worked for Joe Biden at the same time Hunter Biden was getting money from corrupt oligarchs. I say tonight to the media, do your job and print his name. And I say this to my fellow colleagues in Congress, to every Republican in Washington, step up and subpoena Hunter Biden and subpoena the whistleblower. And I say to my colleagues, if Shifty Schiff will not let Hunter Biden come, and if he will not bring the whistleblower for, every Republican in Congress should take a walk and say, this is a farce. All right, that was last night in the rally. Glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity show. Things heating up by the second. Uh, I think one of the funniest things was last night, all the people behind the president with the read the transcript T-shirts. You read the transcript and the president is wanting to get to the bottom of 2016 Ukrainian election interference as described by a Ukrainian court decision. Shocking. You know, the non-whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower, non-whistleblower, whistleblower. Um, yeah, I, the whistleblower is not a whistleblower under the actual law. Uh, just like we were pointing out last night, very specific problems. If you care about law, justice, the Constitution, equal access, uh, equal application of our laws, equal justice under the law. Well, then Joe Biden has uh, a whole host of problems that he's facing as identified by Greg Jarrett. Joining us now is Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, author of uh, The Witch Hunt. This is his latest book, bestseller, The Story of the Greatest Mass Delusion in American Political History. And by the way, the book is uh, more relevant every day based on the new information we get and how ahead of the time of his time he was on all of this. Peter Schweitzer, similarly, he's the head of the Government Accountability Institute, it was his book, Secret Empires, that was released a while ago that described in detail all of the corruption of, well, let's say, call it what it is, what looks to me to be the Joe Biden crime syndicate. It's unbelievable. Um, let's start with the whistleblower aspect, Greg Jarrett. This is not a whistleblower. He had no right. firsthand information. It sounds like a deep state Obama holdover. Friends with Brennan, friends with Joe 30330, the, the Bidens, and hates Trump. So now and now we know that it, the the contact that took took place with the corrupt, compromised, coward, congenital liar, Adam Schiff. So I think not only do we need Hunter to testify, we need the whistleblower, non-whistleblower to testify. We need Adam Schiff and his office people to start answering questions about what advice they were given the non-whistleblower that got this thing started. Well, you're 100% right, Sean. And the notion that the Ukraine whistleblower is somehow entitled to anonymity uh, sounds like it was, you know, peddled by the Flat Earth Society. It's a myth and demonstrably so. All you have to do is look at the Whistleblower Protection Act. Anonymity is never mentioned. And it's not found in the Presidential Policy Directive 19 that also covers whistleblower protections. Um, you know, all a whistleblower gets is 
uh, rights against retaliation and reprisal in the workplace, not identity protection. But let's assume, for the sake of argument, that the whistleblower might be uh, entitled to anonymity. He first has to qualify for whistleblower status under the governing law. This whistleblower, the faux whistleblower, does not because he complained about intelligence activity now. This was a diplomatic conversation, not intelligence activity. You have to be complaining about somebody in the intelligence community. President Trump is not. So he doesn't even qualify under the law as a whistleblower. For this reason, his identity needs to be revealed, and he needs to testify about his contacts with Adam Schiff's staff. It appears to me the evidence is increasingly clear that Schiff's and his staff and this faux whistleblower simply conjured up a pretext for an impeachable offense against Trump. All right. So he's a non-whistleblower. You make some great points. There's no anonymity protection. You just have protection against retaliation and reprisal. Okay, which, by the way, seems like a good thing. This person, though, uh, obviously, I want to know if they had contact with Brennan. I want to know what the contact with Schiff's office is. I think, yeah, we do need to get to the bottom of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Uh, We'll get to the legal aspect in a second. But Peter Schweitzer, uh, in your book, Secret Empires, you were the first to expose uh, all of these issues and all of these millions of dollars that Hunter Biden was making. I think probably the dumbest interview I've ever seen a 49-year-old man give. He goes on Good Morning America. What does he say? You have any experience in Ukraine? No. Any experience in oil, gas, uh, energy? No. What qualified you? Um, oh, I, I sat on a board at Amtrak once. I got all aboard with my dad, so they put me on the board. All right, so he, he sits on a board of Amtrak. That qualifies him for nothing. And yet he's getting millions of dollars. And then we got the the magic tape of Joe Biden. We'll get to the criminality of it in a second or possible criminality of it with Greg Jarrett and John Solomon's joining us in a second. And they made a fortune. Peter Schweitzer, he knew nothing. And you're saying the same thing happened in China. And now we're discovering may have happened in Romania. Anywhere else across the globe, he's cashing in. You know, when, when he finally said, do you think you got the job because of your dad? Probably no experience. No other American is get that. Is it gets that deal? That seems like they want to buy favor, doesn't it? Absolutely. There's no other way to interpret those deals. And I think what's really important, Sean, is to look at both sides of this. Um, Greg, Greg masterfully laid out the uh, the legal problems with this whole whistleblower complaint. But remember, just like with the Steele dossier, they desperately don't want you to know. What is the source of the information? They desperately want to obscure what the information is. When you contrast that with the Biden case, we know the facts. We know that he received all this money uh, for jobs that he was not qualified for. We know that there are only two countries on the face of the planet that his father was the point person for Obama administration policy. That's Ukraine and China. And lo and behold, those are the only two countries, major countries, where Hunter Biden gets these massive deals. And there's just simply no other way to interpret it. And if you look at some of the recent polling, I know 
polling can be suspect. But, you know, 69 percent of the American people in a recent poll said they consider what Hunter Biden did fishy and it needs further investigation. But the problem is in Washington, D.C. today, particularly with this House of Representatives, only certain people with certain party affiliations are going to be investigated. Others are not. And let's remember, you know, the Republican Senate, like how they handle it or not, the Intelligence Committee under the Republicans actually did look into the allegations of collaboration. They actually did um, look at the charges made against Trump. So the Republican Senate certainly has shown its willingness to investigate or look at both sides. The Democrats have thrown off all pretense and have said, look, the laws and investigations are not going to apply uh, to Joe Biden as it did not apply to Hillary Clinton as well. Well, we, we're going to go over every potential statute. Greg wrote a great column about it. Uh, let me bring in John Solomon, uh, his uh, latest investigative work. Uh, we broke it last night on on Hannity, uh, and he was able, through a Freedom of Information Act request, uh, he got documents showing how Hunter Biden's company, Burisma Holdings, uh, used the vice president's son to try and win special favor from the Obama administration. Now, the mob and the media is not going to cover this, which makes it even more insane. Journalism's dead. We have an information crisis. They are the biggest campaign contributors to the Democratic Party and the new Socialist Democratic Party. Look, one month before vice president leveraged that billion dollars he, he's bragging about quid pro quo Joe. Uh, you're not getting the you're not going to get the billion dollars. You got you got one hour. Uh, you got six hours. Fire the Ukrainian prosecutor. Why would a why would a vice president ever want a Ukrainian prosecutor fired? Now we know why. Or you're not getting the billion. If you fire him, I'll give you the billion. Quid pro quo Joe. Anyway, in February of 2016, just a month before that, uh, trying to force the Ukraine to fire the prosecutor investigating Burisma Holdings and his son. Uh, we now know a representative for the company, Burisma Holdings, was communicating with the Obama State Department. Now, John Solomon has newly unearthed emails and the Burisma rep was lobbying the Obama administration to end corruption allegations against their company, even noting that, quote, two high profile U.S. citizens are affiliated with the company, including Hunter Biden, the board member. One month later, well, Vice President Joe Biden, who says he never talks to his son about his business, never. Yeah. Then why did he leverage a billion taxpayer dollars, give him six hours to fire the guy that's investigating his son because that's exactly what he did and for good measure he's just bragging about it uh, i don't care what you call it a shakedown that's what i call it but certainly we need to get to the bottom of it john what else did you find out well listen i think when you you come to understand why the federal law created the conflict of interest and the appearance of conflict interest standard so that we would avoid the very circumstances that we see in these documents in these documents, when Burisma wants to put the squeeze on the State Department saying, we need you, the United States government and Ukraine, to stop talking about these corruption allegations about us, what do they do? They invoke the vice president's son's name because he's on their board. That's exactly the apparent standard that the statute was designed to avoid. If you take a look at the few times that Hunter Biden made contact with the State Department that we can see so far, who is he reaching out to? 
Tony Blinken, the deputy secretary, Joe Biden's longtime national security advisor. Exactly the sort of thing that creates the appearance of a conflict of interest. But most importantly, one of the uh, events that triggers this uh, line that ends with Joe Biden uh, firing the Ukraine prosecutor is a very important fact. In February 2nd, February 2nd, 2016, right as the primaries are starting, right as Hillary Clinton is trying to take on Donald Trump, the Ukrainian prosecutors launched a raid on Hunter Biden's boss's home, the oligarch Zolachevsky. They went and they seized his home and his uh, goods and documents. That triggered a sense of panic in Burisma that they no longer had the protection they thought they had with Hunter Biden on the board. And that's why they go to the State Department. That's really, really important to understand that that ends or is the trigger for which all these other events we just talked about occurred all right stay right there john solomon greg jarrett peter schweitzer they're with us for the full hour all right as we continue greg jarrett peter schweitzer john solomon all with us um let me go to the question that we went into in some depth last night on the show uh greg jarrett and that is what are the laws that are in play in terms of Joe Biden and him leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars, uh, which clearly seemed to me to be for the benefit of his son continuing to get uh, those uh, monthly checks from Burisma Holdings. Well, the Department of Justice has plenty of evidence to open a criminal investigation into Joe Biden. Uh, They would do so under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. It was passed in 1977. It's illegal for a U.S. person, especially a public official, to coerce or influence through bribery or extortion a foreign nation into taking action that might financially benefit that person or his family or his business. So if it can be shown that Biden, as vice president, used his public office to coerce a foreign official into taking official action that benefited his son, that's a violation of the law. So a lot depends on Biden's intent. But I think you you name four specific laws that you've identified. The The Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, right? Bribery which is you know offering uh, anything of value to a public official to influence uh, their official act. I would look at the gratuity statute, uh, which is very similar, offering something of value to a public official, um, and it doesn't require proof of a quid pro quo. And then finally, the Hobbs, real quick, I got a break, but yeah, the, the last Hobbs, one, ex- the Hobbs Act Extortion Act, that is also relevant. Stay right there. Uh, Legal analyst, Fox News, Greg Jarrett. We have Peter Schweitzer, Government Accountability Institute, investigative reporter, John Solomon. Uh, They will remain the next half hour as we continue. Glad you're with us. And at the top of the hour, James O'Keefe. Wow. What a blockbuster release today. Uh, That's ABC protected Jeffrey Epstein. And it's obvious. We'll tell you why straight ahead. I carried out the policy of the United States of America, our allies, the the International Monetary Fund, the EU, in dealing with the corrupt 
prosecutor, period. Number one, I did not know he was on the board of that company. And in fact, no one's asserted on the board that it was illegal for him to be on the board or he did anything wrong. But if you had known, would you have said well, don't or would you have believed well, said this is wrong? No, it's not wrong. I, he, uh, he, his words speak for themselves. He wished he had realized how thugs like Rudy Giuliani and his cronies and the cronies of the president would try to paint it. The fact is, there's been nothing established that he did anything wrong. They could say it as many times as they want to say it. I don't believe Joe Biden and his actions, I think, back me up. Now, here you have your, your kid with no experience in Ukraine, no experience in gas, no experience in oil, no experience in energy. And that dopey interview he gives. Well, uh, why do you think they chose you to give millions of dollars to? I don't know. Do you think it has to do with the fact that your father's the second highest elected official in the United States, the one that is in charge of Ukraine? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, probably. That's why I got millions. Anyway, we continue Peter Schweitzer, Government Accountability Institute, and he broke all of this uh, wide open a while ago. They're finally catching up with him and us in his book, Secret Empires. Greg Jarrett's new book is out, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. And we have investigative reporter John Solomon. John, I want to go back to you and this Freedom of Information Act uh, piece that you put out late last night. And you you said there's more coming. What's coming? Well, tonight, I hope to be able to talk about this a little bit more in your show, but let's give your uh, listeners a, a little taste right now. Joe Biden says he didn't know his son was on the company's board. Now, Peter Schweitzer has already done some great work showing that White House entry log showed just before Hunter Biden was added to the board, his business partner went and met with Joe Biden. Devin Archer met with Joe Biden just before uh, Hunter Biden got on the board. Now, that's either a really crazy coincidence or there's something Joe Biden hasn't told us about that meeting. But let's fast forward. The documents show that when Ambassador Marie Ivanovich, the new ambassador coming into Ukraine in the summer of 16, was going for her Senate confirmation hearing, she anticipated getting a question about Hunter Biden. And the prepared answer she wrote for herself or her staff wrote for her to give to the Senate is anything having to do with Hunter Biden, you should talk to Joe Biden's office. The State Department saw it as a Joe Biden issue. Why doesn't Joe Biden see it as a Joe Biden issue? Well, I, and what are these documents that you've been able to obtain specifically if you have Burisma representatives going to the Obama State Department? He's leveraging a billion taxpayer dollars. The guy's investigating his son. Uh, you interviewed the prosecutor that was fired. ABC interviewed him and That's the right. Washington Post interviewed him. And he said to all three of you. That's the right. same thing that he was fired because of Joe Biden. Now, if it's not a quid pro quo, you get the billion if you fire him in six hours. Uh, you don't get the billion if you don't fire him in six hours. That seems to be a shakedown. That's a quid pro quo for Joe. And it defies all reason, common sense and intelligence to think that Joe didn't know about his son's money that he's making in Ukraine. It, it, I, it, it doesn't meet the smell test. Greg Jarrett. Oh, I I totally agree. You know, these um, the Bidens have a lot to answer for. And Hunter Biden, you know, it's very hard to prove that simply leveraging his father's famous name is a crime. It, it's influence peddling and it's uh, self-dealing, self-enrichment and so forth. But as Peter Schweitzer has pointed out, there really are no laws against, you know, leveraging your famous name. However, John Solomon's reporting 
changes the equation here. If it can be proven that Hunter Biden was actually part of a scheme or an agreement to pressure a foreign government into doing something that would help Hunter Biden and using his father to do it, then Hunter Biden could be a co-conspirator in all the crimes I identified. Let me go back to Peter Schweitzer. I mean, when I watched the interview of Hunter, any experience? No, no, no. Uh, Why do you think they chose you? I don't know. Maybe because of your father's last name? Yeah, probably. Uh, I I couldn't believe he was that stupid. I really thought this guy, this kid wants to go to jail because he's cashing in on his father's name and his father's taking official actions using taxpayer dollars to to protect his kid. So I couldn't believe he didn't help his father's case at all, which is more legal than even his case, unfortunately. But what else do you know about the relationship with Joe and Hunter that would prove that, in fact, they did know everything about what he was doing in Ukraine? Well, if we were to take Joe Biden's word for it, that he and Hunter never discussed business, uh, which is demonstrably false, because Hunter said in a New Yorker interview they did discuss business. But if you took Joe's word for that, that would mean, for example, when Hunter Biden flew with his father on Air Force Two from Washington, D.C., all the way to Asia, you know, the the 18, 20 hour trip, they never once discussed. This is 2013, though. This is even before Ukraine. That's correct. That's correct. But that they never discussed any of those activities. The fact that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden have talked for years about how close they are to each other, and they are. I mean, that they talk all the time, that they share all these common interests. Again, it defies credibility. I think the other point that we need to uh, uh, really focus on here, Sean, is the issuing of the firing of this Ukrainian prosecutor. What's interesting about it is not only the fact, of course, that the prosecutor is investigating Hunter's son, but if you look at Joe Biden's record uh, in steering U.S. aid during this time period that his son is on the board, you don't really find any other really specific, narrow uh, uh, issues like this, where he says, I want this particular government official fired, or I want this particular action to be taken. So it's unusual in that it stands out from normally what he's doing in Ukraine, which I think leads us to wonder, why did he make that decision in the first place? You know, the, the idea that Hunter Biden doesn't know why he was hired by Burisma or why he didn't get the deal with the Chinese is an absolute joke. Hunter Biden has been in Washington, D.C. for years. He was a lobbyist for the online gambling industry. Before that, he was a lobbyist for earmark legislation that his father would would put in place for the benefit of his clients. Uh, It just defies credulity. And the fact that the mainstream media, with a few exceptions, appears appears to have no curiosity about this at all. No desire to dig further. I mean, John. No, they they, they actually say, oh, there's no evidence that anything wrong happened. There's none whatsoever. No evidence whatsoever. None, 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 none. Uh, You know, the president said it last night. It's a line I've been using. Let's replace the name Vice President Joe Biden and say it's Vice President Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump. And let's say Hunter's name is Don Jr. I doubt the media would be stepping all (laughs) over themselves to protect the the Trumps. Just the opposite. Um, Where do you see at some point, John Solomon, if you keep pulling up Freedom of Information Act stuff like this, 
I'm imagining this is going to blow up in Biden's face and the Democratic Party's face and the media's face, just like the whole Russia hoax conspiracy theory collusion narrative blew up in their face. Yeah, I think that's the real danger here. And I think that's what some Democrats, particularly those in Trump districts, are a little worried about here. Let me let me bring out a couple. First, I want to give thanks to Southeastern Legal Foundation because they helped me file this lawsuit. And if it wasn't for a public interest law firm like that, I might never have gotten these documents. So a big shout out to them for their great work and their legal work in convincing the State Department to release these documents. Here is, I think, a very important thing to watch. Senator Graham last night, Lindsey Graham, chairman of the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee, said he was going to have a conversation today with the chairman of Senate Foreign Relations, Senator Risch, and try to get a hearing started and get these people before the Senate to ask the questions that haven't been asked of them under oath when they when they have to really give the truth. Here's an important thing. If if Joe Biden's whole thing to withhold the foreign aid was part of a strategy. Was the State Department, was anyone else, the White House consulted, was there an interagency review to authorize him to do what he did when he leveraged that billion dollars? We saw in the Trump stuff from this aid that lots of agencies are involved in deciding whether the aid can be released or not. A lot of ambassadors. Here's a question that Joe Biden should ask. Did he put the idea of withholding the money from uh, Ukraine through the normal interagency process? If he did not... It's another example that he was skipping the normal processes and it tends to give more credence to the idea he was doing this for his son, not for the United States. Greg, uh, who would be the pe- who are the people if we're going to have equal justice and equal application of our laws? I was actually very encouraged to see that Senator Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson, I think I was the only one that had been calling for this. They're going back at the rigged investigation in the Hillary Clinton server. And I think if they do their job, we will see that not only were there numerous violations of the Espionage Act and and numerous subsections, but then, of course, the obstruction of justice aspect with the deleted emails and bleach bit and hammers. Yes. And in my new book, I I spend an entire chapter detailing the the corrupt and criminal acts of Hillary Clinton. And of course, Peter Schweitzer in his great book, Clinton Cash, laid out yet another scheme involving uranium one and Hillary Clinton essentially putting a for sale sign on her State Department office door. So I, I, I am also glad to hear that these senators want to look back. One of the pivotal points I make in the book is that top FBI officials finally, under oath, admitted uh, that not only did they have no credible uh, evidence to begin the Trump-Russia investigation. But before that, when they cleared Hillary Clinton, they said they did so at the direction of Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General's Department of Justice. I'll add one thing to that. And by the way, your book chronicles all of it. And I, I urge everybody, it's a definitive chapter and verse on this mass corruption that is known as the Trump Russia collusion nonsense. We we were sold lies every day, but you're right. All of that is true. And they also said struck and page were joking about it. Yeah, it's 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 all it, it's rigged, you know, and then she said, remember, Loretta Lynch infamously to James Comey. It's a matter. It's not an investigation. That's right. You know, it, 
it was, again, these people at the FBI say they got their marching orders to clear Hillary Clinton from Loretta Lynch, who likely also got it from Barack Obama. And so it was rigged from the very beginning. Hillary Clinton should have been charged with 110 felonies representing 110 classified documents. I think I lay out in my book one of the reasons why the DOJ wanted to clear her, even though she committed crimes, is because Barack Obama, using a pseudonym, was communicating classified information to Hillary Clinton that was likely landing in the hands of foreign adversaries, a serious national security risk. All right, got to take a break. We'll come back. Final moments. Uh, These guys, by the way, all three of them have done amazing work. Peter Schweitzer uh, exposing all of this in his book, Secret Empires, the the definitive chapter versed. I, I, I've forgotten more than I remember, and I, I thought I remembered a lot. It's all chronicled in Greg's book, uh, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. And, you know, it was, you know, we're going to be going on three years pretty soon. Uh, John Solomon has been unpeeling the layers of the onion on all of this corruption uh, from the very get go. Um, I don't know where we've be without all three of you doing all the great work you do. All right, wrapping up this hour with Peter Schweitzer, Greg Jarrett, and John Solomon. Uh, all right, John, FISA, when are we going to get it? How devastating will it be? I think you're looking uh, at later this month. It's going to be a, a devastating look at, at mis, uh, mis, uh, misconduct inside the FBI and perhaps uh, stretching into the CIA. I think there's there's some evidence now that the investigation has moved in that direction, that informants were activated against wow. Americans before there was a legal justification. So I think later this month, probably just before Thanksgiving is what I'm hearing right now. Greg Jarrett. All four FISA warrants were illegally obtained by the FBI and the Department of Justice, signed off by people like James Comey, Andrew McCabe, uh, and Sally Yates and Rod Rosenstein. Um, And so the question is, will the IG make criminal referrals? If I were a betting man, I'd say yes. Last word, Peter Schweitzer, your predictions. Well, everybody was saying in the mainstream media that the deep state was a myth, that it didn't exist, uh, that it was a made-up fiction. And every week that passes with the reporting done by uh, Greg and John and others uh, and the reports that are coming out indicates that the deep state is real. uh, And this is a fundamental challenge to our Republican form of government. Uh, And I think it's a painful process to go through. It's got to be very frustrating for uh, the White House and people who want to support his agenda, but it's a necessary process. And I think it's important for the future of our country that it proceeds. So I'm I'm actually very optimistic. This is a good cleansing uh, of Washington, D.C. that's taking place. Gotta hope so. All right. You've done amazing work, all three of you. John Solomon, Greg Jarrett, Peter Schweitzer. When we come back, this will blow you away. Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, his next undercover project, uh, this time exposing Jeffrey Epstein's scandal. ABC covered it up. And they had it three years ago. And the anchor involved, Amy Rohrbach, is on tape admitting it all. Straight ahead. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour. Another big, huge story uh, by Project Veritas. And James O'Keefe has more connections, more people now. He seems to have deputized half the world. 
Uh, last, he exposed Jeff Zucker, the president of fake news CNN, as being an agenda-driven anti-Trump zealot. Well, now this is devastating what he's got here. You have on tape, and she knew she had a hot mic on, but she didn't know it was being recorded, ABC News anchor Amy Robach, whose recent interview with Hunter Biden made national headlines. I thought she actually did pretty decent in the interview. A few more questions I would have certainly asked, but, uh, you know, she got him to admit uh, did you get the job because of your experience? No. Uh, why do you think you got it? I don't know. Maybe because of your dad. Yeah, that's it. Probably. Anyway, so she made recent news about that interview, but she's talking to a producer. You can tell she is frustrated because she's revealing that she had a huge expose ready to go with people on the record, locked down tight about Jeffrey Epstein. Three full years ago, the network caved to pressure and they deep sixed the story. And you got all this happening in a lot of these networks. You got the whole issue involving NBC. I know Fox over the years had their issues, but uh, you know what? ABC got CBS and Les Moonves. You got, you know, this is out. Of, this is out of control. You might remember Lisa Myers had the interview with Juanita Broderick and they were they were trying to spike it. And Lisa Myers called Juanita Broderick, said, yeah, we got a problem. She goes, what? Uh, the network thinks you're very credible. That's the problem. Very credible. Anyway, in comments that they were able to obtain at ProjectVeritas.com, Robach went as far to suggest that the information she had implicated Bill Clinton. We had Clinton. We had everything. Rather than give you my take on it, why don't I play it for you? Then we'll bring in. Uh, Project Veritas founder, uh, James O'Keefe. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out. And it's like these new revelations. And I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh, my God, we it was um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney three years ago, saying like aunt, like. We, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out and it's like these new revelations and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my God, we, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. 
So do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Because you want he made his whole living blackmailing people. Yeah. There were a lot of men in those planes, a lot of men who visited that island, a lot of powerful men who came into that apartment. When I heard he was found in his cell cell. I knew immediately. <clears throat> and they made it seem as though he made that suicide attempt two weeks earlier, but his lawyers claimed that he was roughed up by his cellmate around the neck. That was all like to plant the seed. And then that's why I really believe it. Like really believe it. Unbelievable. Now, Amy Robach had this story locked down tight. Clinton, we had everything. You know, we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew. Got a little concerned about why I couldn't get it on. Describing how she interviewed a woman who had the courage to come forward years ago about Epstein. Pictures. Everything. You know, she was in hiding for 12 years. She finally, we convinced her to talk to us. You know, this is the worst pedophile probably in, in history of the United States. Anyway, James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas. Another huge story for him. And Project Veritas, I mean, you guys are always on a roll. Um, and I don't even know what to say, except it shocks the conscience, uh, James. Yeah, Sean, I think that's that's this is pretty self-evident. The tape speaks for itself. But of course, Amy Robach is upset. Uh, Sean, I mean, I'd be upset, too. I mean, it's it, she's very credible here. Um, and uh, this is one of those hot mic moments that was given to us by an ABC News insider. In other words, it's not just A.B. Robach that's upset. It's insiders within ABC News leaking us this tape. And those insiders did not go to the Washington Post or the New York Times or CNN because all of these media entities are apparently complicit. They came to Project Veritas. And Sean, um, ABC News has responded to this tape. Um, they put out a very sort of milk toast bureaucratic, you know, remarks that seem to have been written by attorneys where Amy Robach says, and I'm going to read this to you, in the years since no one has ever told me or my team to stop reporting on Epstein. Literally contradicts what Amy says in this in this moment of unguarded truthfulness. So I, I think that she, Amy comes across quite well in this tape, and I believe her, and, and uh, she has a right to be upset. Uh, now, they did release a statement, ABC News. This is what they released. At the time, not all of our reporting met our standards to air, but and we got to go over this for a second here, because you know what? Uh, they really don't have standards. Let's be honest here. Uh, when it comes to anything, Donald Trump, they'll say anything. Let me see. Did they run with the story? Uh, Amarosa's N-word tape or the Covington kids? Well, Robin the Roberts interview, Jesse Smollett. What? The Kavanaugh allegations. I mean, the, these statements not actually being responsive. This ABC News response to the initial hot mic claims by uh, this ABC News anchor mostly shows that ABC News has different standards for Kavanaugh and Covington boys than it does for what Amy characterizes as all the stuff on Bill Clinton. These are her words. These are not my words. And uh, and what's remarkable, Sean, is that not just the right wing or the conservatives, but Alexander AOC retweeted our story. We've had the Associated wow. Press cover our story. Everyone's angry about the. By the, the way, don't forget your old friend, you know, Sean Hannity, who has tried to support you as much as I can, because I've always supported the good work you've you you've done. We appreciate and I, that. And by the way, I, I, I honestly feel bad for you. You've taken more crap. 
you know, people have uh, assassinated your character more often. You've had more lawsuits, which I think I warned you on the first story you ever did that that was probably going to happen. And you beat back six separate lawsuits. They've never won in a case against you, but they try. And even uh, haven't you been arrested? I have, and I stood falsely accused, and I was vindicated. I've, I've won every lawsuit since, but one person, Sean, tweeted today. This is a, a, a blue check mark, you know, mainstream journalist. Oh, I wish Project Veritas didn't break the story. And I and I said back to him, I said, you know what? There's a reason why only Project Veritas breaks a story like this because look at the tape of Amy Robach and what she's saying. Nobody trusts the media. The media will not report the news. Listen to her anger and her indignation in the tape. So people are upset that we are the ones breaking these stories and not the media. I mean, come on. If the media were to stop Googling and tweeting and actually go out and actually do reporting and, and, and have the courage to, to, to go expose the president of ABC News, which is what this does. Uh, but Sean, something amazing is happening, and you've been really helpful getting these messages out. A lot of other insiders in the networks are reaching out to us now. As a result of the CNN whistleblower and this ABC News insider, there's this movement of heroes anonymous people who don't care about being famous. They just want to expose the truth. And it's a really amazing thing to behold. We can finally see what are the powers that be are really thinking and believing and doing. And what, this proves the media is corrupt. This tape proves that they, they still have that uh, interview, Sean, and they haven't aired it yet. And I hope that they do air it as a result of this. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas. Where do you see this? We'll show it tonight on Hannity. And as we continue with James O'Keefe, founder of Project Veritas, and this tape that he put out today, ABC News anchor Amy Robach, very frustrated. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Every news organization that had this credible information, they did a disservice to every other victim or alleged victim of Epstein. And it's funny, I mean, with a certainty. Now, I had on this program on Friday, uh, Dr. Michael Bodden. He's, you know, he's 50 years. Uh, this guy's been doing autopsies. He's He's been in some of the highest profile cases. He was present during Epstein's uh, autopsy. And he is he's convinced at a very high level that this was not a suicide, but it was a strangulation, which would have meant somebody else was involved. How convenient that the quote guards fell asleep at the time and that the cameras weren't working at the time and how convenient that nobody knows what happened because in New York, if you rule something a suicide, well, the investigation stops there. And he said he never would have ever classified this as a suicide and he would have had a full investigation. So I, I, I don't know the answer to any of that. That's not my field of endeavor. But hearing Amy Robach say that with that certainty, because how many, you know, who are all these famous people on the Lolita Express, including Bill Clinton? How many trips did he take? I read one story, maybe as many as 26 or Orgy Island, where all these young girls were brought in to service these high profile friends of his. And the whole Prince Andrew angle of this is just obnoxious. Uh, and, you know, but was the network at ABC more interested in getting an interview with, you know, Prince Harry and uh, his new bride? It seems like it. Well, Sean, I mean, she says 100 percent. I'm going to quote her here. This is Amy Robach on the hot mic on the set of ABC Good Morning America. She she's not on TV. She's about to go on TV. She says, quote, do I think Epstein was killed? 
quote, 100% yes, I do. He made his whole living blackmailing people. And, and he, there were a lot of men on those planes, a lot of powerful men on the island. And quote, then that's what I really believe it. I really believe it. So I don't know whether it's, it's there's a lot of people she names here, uh, the, the executives at, at CBS, uh, Alan Dershowitz. There's this powerful nexus of, of people that she's up and she you could see it you could hear it in her voice she's really upset and she's a good i'm not exposing amy robach here we're i think sean well, actually i think we I, I actually think amy comes out looking great the problem yes. for amy robach now that abc put out their statement she put out her statement she said as a journalist as the epstein story continued on unfold last summer i was caught in a private moment of frustration i was upset that an important interview i had conducted with virginia Rock Roberts didn't air because we couldn't obtain sufficient corroborating evidence to meet ABC's editorial standards about her allegations. My comments about Prince Andrew and her allegation that she had seen Bill Clinton on Epstein's private island were in reference to what Virginia Roberts said in that interview in 2015. And I was referencing her allegations, not what ABC had verified through our reporting. The interview itself, while I was disappointed it didn't air, didn't meet our standards, in the years since, no one ever told me or the team to stop reporting on Epstein, and we have continued to aggressively pursue the important story. Let me tell you how I read that as somebody that has been in TV news for 24 years. You know what that is? Uh, Amy, you better get your story straight with us. Yeah, you better say didn't meet our standards too, right, Amy? She's yeah, screwed. My I mean, I, 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 maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I would read it. That's my interpretation. I, mean, I think that, you know, my speculation here, Sean, would be that my attorney said, you know, that that's a 50,000 per word um, uh, statement. Uh, this is a seems to be written by attorneys or corporate spokespeople. I, I think the line in that Amy Robach response, quote, in the year since no one has ever told me or the team to stop reporting, it directly contradicts what she said on the hot mic. And I, I think you said it right, Sean. She comes across very well, very honest, very sincere. I think it I makes her. That, I think it makes her look great. She did a great I job. Journalists would say this publicly. I wish people would say all these things publicly. I don't know why they don't say the truth publicly. What are they afraid of? She did say it. We're giving that to the masses. Um, and Sean, this statement was given exclusively to Project Veritas. The president of ABC News talked to me. I think it's a seminal moment for our organization because we're now actually getting responses to these very powerful people. And I think this is going to be a great thing for more whistleblowers and insiders to go to go forward at projectveritas.com slash brave. All right, projectveritas.com slash brave if you want to, well, do some undercover work with James O'Keefe. James, unbelievable. I, 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 I couldn't believe it when I watched it. Unbelievable. Thank you. I hope you put it on TV. Thanks. Uh, but I, by the way, I am going to put it on TV. Thank you. 800-THANK-YOU. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. In their crazed thirst for power, the Democrats are trying to tear our country apart. First, Democrats engineered the Russia hoax, the most egregious fraud ever foisted upon the American people, the Russian hoax. Then they did the Mueller scam. You remember that, the Mueller scam. Two years and they said nothing. And then Mr. Mueller testified. That was a wonderful day for me. And you remember last week, I don't know Tulsi Gabbard, but Hillary Clinton said that Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian agent. 
Jill Stein. She's a greenie, and that's fine. She's a greenie, Jill Stein. But Jill Stein was an agent of Russia also. These people are crazy. <laughs> now corrupt politicians, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff, they are corrupt. And Nancy, unlike Kentucky, which is doing great, Nancy ought to stop wasting time, go back to her district in San Francisco, help the homeless, get rid of the drugs, get rid of the needles that are lying all over the street, and all of the things that are washing into the ocean through this storm sewer system. What's happened to San Francisco and what's happened to so many other places run by the radical left Democrats, it's unbelievable. Los Angeles, you take a look at Los Angeles, looks like a third world city. But go back to Nancy's area, look at what's happened. There's been no place in the country that's gone down like the area that Nancy Pelosi represents. And she's wasting all of her time. And you know what, it's backfiring, you see it. But the media and the Democrats have launched an even more brazen assault on our nation with a deranged, hyper-partisan impeachment with judge. Impeachment. Think of it. All right, the president last night in Kentucky. Um, and, you know, I, I, I experienced this myself this weekend, giving uh, speeches in Detroit and Chicago. And that is it's the anger is palpable. It is real. And I'm getting the impression that Democrats that have done nothing except this for three long years and nothing else. And they are triggered to quote Don Jr.'s new book uh, by anybody, even the sound of Donald Trump's voice. But you can see the American people like the results. The American people also see that they do nothing. They see how corrupt the process is led by a corrupt chairman. He's compromised in the case, a fact witness in the case himself. And that would be the compromised, corrupt, coward and congenital liar by the name of uh, Adam Schiff. Lied to us for three years about all of this. But this is where they want to take the country. It's not going to happen. I think Willie Brown was right. What they're going to there's no this will be all anticlimactic. We know the outcome. There's no mystery here. The Senate, they're not getting 20 Republicans to convict. And that means then Donald Trump gets to run on being vindicated and run on his great economy and run on killing Baghdadi and run on beating back the caliphate in Syria by removing the ridiculous rules of engagement imposed on the military by Biden Obama. Uh, joining us now, he is one of the co-hosts of the number one cable morning show in the country, Fox and Friends. Ryan Kilmeade is uh, with us. By the way, he has a book out. It's called uh, Sam Houston and the Alamo Avengers, which he just put out today. Now, I'm, I'm having a hard time with you and Ducey in the books. You Can I tell you why? Yep. Okay. We're in the middle of the last election and yep. Steve Ducey comes out with a cookbook. And by the way, he dumps me in the back of the book, my recipe about corned beef and cabbage. You know, the Alamo is important, but we're in the middle of the biggest election of our life and this impeachment battle. And you're taking us back to the Alamo. I'm having a hard time with you and Ducey. He, you know, one thing, I think you have to separate the two. Uh, Cooking yeah. and History. I believe they're separate by Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. They mm -hmm. would put them in different sections. Uh, and I know in the long run, you're going to have to make a decision who you like better, and you could reveal that at some point. But I will tell you that although you're not included in this book, and that's an advantage for Steve, I will tell you that 
in going back in our history, you find that people who are passionate about the news are passionate about our history. And I never thought when I started. That's doing, a good answer. That is a very good answer. I will everybody concede wants to the know point. How we got here. Well, I mean, everybody knows the main story of the Alamo. I mean, you know, the fight for Texas independence. And I think the events are familiar, but they're the people, you know, few remember that following a crushing loss, the the work of Sam Houston leading a ragtag army of volunteers to an incredible victory. So you know your stuff. And what I wanted to do is, uh, I, you know, Fox Nation asked me to do this series, What Made America Great. I did not know what part of history I wanted to focus on. But when they sent me to the Alamo and I saw the passion and George P. Bush is reestablishing the footprint of the actual Alamo, what you go down to is just the church. George P. the Land Commissioner is going to be on the special on Fox News on the 17th of November. And the way the place is packed gives you a sense, Sean, of how people still care about this country. And the way it's relevant today, and it's not a stretch to say this, when you see a group of people who come to America and all they need is a gun and a rake and are told you have an opportunity to be successful, and you compare it to Andrew Yang wanting to give everybody $1,000 because automation makes job employment tough, and then baby bucks from Cory Booker because your parents didn't have a lot of money, and then you have to re- we have to reunite with our roots. Sam Houston, yeah, he had problems, drank too much as a kid, kind of not a great farmer, not a great clerk, but he was mentored by this, this guy named Andrew Jackson. He had to be a great military officer, but he was too brave, and he got shot three times, almost died. By the time he's ready to lead Texas to freedom, he knows that courage has to be calculated, and the American dream is fragile. you got to keep it together. They tried to take freedom and liberty away from these Texians, who are all Americans, and they would, when Mexico said, we're going to take that away, these people, are, my people, are not ready for liberty, they picked up guns and they defended themselves and they found a way to win. If you look back in our past, you want to know why? And you say this every day on television radio, we're an exceptional nation. And if you don't understand our history, you think Sean is just saying that as a slogan. The listeners right now, you go back in our past and things break our way in a way that no other country does. And the thing is, it's not just better for America, it's better for the entire world because we're the only ones practicing freedom and fighting for it and willing to die for it. And the Alamo was famous because they died and they knew they were going to die. And uh, William Barrett Travis wrote, you know, take care of my son. Uh, America is a great country, victory or death. How many people, how many countries have people like that willing to die for an ideal? And I figure if I could bring these stories out, you'll understand why this election is about freedom and opportunity, not about guaranteed making of a living. It's not about vilifying rich people. That's what we're doing now. And I'm reading this book and I'm, I'm learning about these characters and their, their antithesis of what we're seeing in America right now. A whining, crying culture, culture who says, why isn't life fair? You think these people thought life was fair back then? Every time I want to whine in life, I think of my grandparents, all four of them came from Ireland poor. You know, every time I want to whine, I work too hard. And I do. Uh, I think of my mother, who was a prison guard at the Nassau County Jail uh, for 25 years, most of those years working 16 hour shifts every day. And my dad, a family court probation guy and and as working as a waiter on the weekends. Um, 
I will say this, and the relevance to modern day and why history matters and why not repeating the mistakes of history, you know, why the Alamo was so important is because it paved the way for America's westward expansion or else we wouldn't be the United States of America as we know it today. But uh, I think you're right. Reagan said that, you know, we're only one generation away from a possible extinction. Yep. You know, the idea of that we were endowed by our creator, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, but not equal results or the whole concept of live free or die. And then you compare that to, say, the new Green Deal. Everything's free. You're going to have Medicare for all 52 trillion. We only take in four. Uh, That's 40 trillion in 10 years. We we can't even pay for that one plan. And then confiscation of wealth. You you pay your 65 cents out of every dollar. If you live in New York in taxes, then they're going to take another bite at the apple if you're dumb enough to save it. And if you have more when you die, they're going to take another 53 percent between the federal government, state, city of New York. Um. We have gotten this mindset. These are false promises, Brian. This this could right. never happen. You can't uh, have I'll, everything for free, whether you're willing sure, or I'll unwilling to work. For your career. So Sam Houston was, uh, you know, was a governor of Tennessee, left in a little bit of a scandal, came, worked his way back, goes, comes to Texas and finds a way three months after the Alamo to win at San Jacinto in 18 minutes. And we caught Santa Ana and his army actually sleeping. And when Sam, when Sam Houston loses it all and gets it all back, we're reading other stories about people losing it all and get it all back. They went to Texas for a second chance after America gave them a second chance. And I'll give you an example. And I would say this. I'll jump to a conclusion. You are doing everything you can to make it in radio. And in our business in television, it's kill or be killed. And there's no guarantee that a news director is going to like you or hire you in one station, let alone the four to five to 600 that you're at. But you would have been working just as hard in Santa Barbara today as you are for the 600 plus stations you're on. Because no one guarantees you success. You're going to put in the effort. You can't guarantee results. What I learned in reading history is no one guarantees results. They relish the opportunity to be successful. Listen, we got the crap beat out of us. But think about it. We got the crap beat out of us by a corrupt mob in the media. And they're a mob. They, They live in their own little bubble. They talk to each other. They they echo each other's points. They retweet each other's columns or reports. Uh, they try to outdo themselves. You know, Trump is a horrible person. No, he's a horrible, 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 horrible person. And they have total contempt. They, look, at the yeah. heart and soul of where we're at, there is a deep hatred for smelly Walmart, Costco, Target shoppers like me. I, I shop at all those places. There is a contempt. That, that it's very revealing, irredeemable deplorables. It's very revealing, you know, bitter Americans that cling to their God. Oh, sorry. I believe in God. Oh, and their Second Amendment. Oh, and their Bibles and their religion. Uh, Those that voted for Trump show up at the rallies for Trump. Even the 30,000 at times that stand outside because they couldn't get in. They they don't they have contempt for the American people. But I'll tell you this. If we don't, this is why this election matters. If we don't continue to live free, if we may, if we buy into these false promises that everything's going to be taken care of free, free, free. Well, American exceptionalism will die. Poverty will replace it. The welfare state will replace it. 
You know, Barry Farber once famously said, you know, there's never been a country in the history of man that has literally accumulated this power and abused it less. And I use the line, never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated this power and used it for the advancement of the human condition and human benefit than the United States of America. So, yeah, you're right. These people that fall for that freedom mean everything. Especially Texas. Texas is hot now. And Beto O'Rourke, to show you the folly of his candidacy, to take away Ryan, the we, guns we call, of Texas. we call Robert Francis Bozo O'Rourke. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, to take away the guns from the people of Texas, when literally, if without guns, they would have been oppressed by Santa Ana and his brutal military force. They were there to defend themselves. And the reason why we keep winning these wars, because we have the kill things to eat. And if they missed, they ran out of ammo. They were, they were vilified. So the reason why we win the War of 1812 is because we don't miss. And the reason why we end up prevailing in Texas and holding out for 13 days at the Alamo is because our guys know how to shoot. And it's not to kill people. It's to survive and preserve liberty. And if you don't understand what, what makes Texas, well, by the way, we put more people in Texas in 10 years than the Spanish put in 300 years for those people listening who think that we stole Texas. Do your research. It's not the case. So we, we, we're a thriving colony, and when you take away Americans' liberty, they react. Sadly, I'm looking at these stats while I'm studying for this book for two years, and this next generation thinks we should have socialism and capitalism is bad, and I'm told not to use that word because now it's a negative connotation. Democracy needs capitalism. They didn't share each other's wealth on farms. They got land and were told to make it work by Stephen F. Austin, and they were there to help each other but not share each other's money because no no no, no. what they want to do is confidence it's called the wealth tax brian keep up but uh no honestly good book congratulations sam houston and the (laughs) alamo avengers we'll put it up on hannity.com amazon.com bookstores everywhere the number one morning show in all the cable news fox and friends thanks brian appreciate it tonight nine eastern we have more breaking news john solomon will join us lindsey graham what's the senate gonna do uh the corrupt abusively biased Lying media. We'll have the latest on that. Judge Janine tonight, uh, Eric Trump tonight, and so much more. Nine Eastern news you won't get from the fake news industry. Hannity tonight at nine. Fox News. We'll see you then. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.